0: Uh, not too long ago about the people in China are still meeting in, I mean, secluded places because if they are found to be uh, worshiping the Lord and and claiming that they are a Christian, they will get in trouble. I mean, they'll get in trouble for this. And and we live in a country that we can worship the king and we can do it uh, without worrying about Uh, being injured in any way, right? Maybe our feelings may get hurt, but that's about it, right? Uh, And I just love what John says in 1 John 3, 1. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. You know, the Lord loves us so much that through Jesus we can be called children of God. And because of that, we should, as we talked about this morning, be thankful for that. And we should strive to live our lives while on this earth for Him and be a shining example to everyone around us, right? But what happens so many times uh, is we encounter situations in our lives, right? Uh, And if they're not handled correctly, what happens? They begin to destroy us and our Christianity. We become weak in our faith and we start to do things that are contrary to what God wants us to do, right? You know, sometimes that's slow. Sometimes it's fast. These situations, if they're not dealt with immediately, will cause us to become sick spiritually. And they could cause our faith to even die. That's a scary thought, ain't it? To have no faith. I've talked to some people that have been pretty low in their Christian walk, and it's sad. Um, And it's it's hard to hear sometimes how people had gotten to that point. But brethren, let's not get there. Let's not let ourselves get discouraged in doing what the Lord wants us to do. You know, stay encouraged with the fact that uh, what we do is not in vain. What we do and how we do it when we strive for the Lord is not in vain. The Lord watches. He knows what we do. Be thankful for that. But I want to kind of get into this, and, and it, it's not going to be that long of a lesson. Um, I know y'all are hungry. I'm seeing like a lot of drooling and stuff going on, so I'm not going to keep you long. I promise. We'll be able to get to the food, and everything will be all right. But I want to kind of talk about uh, this, uh, what I've kind of set up as a um, series for us. Keeping our Christian walk non-toxic, not allowing toxic things to enter our body, and uh, some of the things that we talked about was fear. Not letting fear, I like this emoji right here, right? You know, the fear that we have, not letting it come in and and overtake us and allow us to uh, lose our faith. We talked about that and we we talked from Isaiah how uh, the Lord says, fear not from with you. And then we talked about last week, anger. Have you ever been like that? I have, I have to admit that I've been that guy before and it's a terrible uh, way to be. And I've done and said probably some terrible things with that red face and the frown look, right? But we talked about how uh, we should be angry, that's an emotion that we all will have, but the Bible says to be angry and not sin, right? Uh, And sometimes that's hard to do. But tonight I want to talk about pride. Pride. It was kind of hard for me to find an emoji about pride, but I think this one will do, right? Kind of an eye roll look, like, (laughs) whatever, man. I don't really know what you're saying, but you're really not that smart, and I know I am, right? That kind of a, you ever done this look? You ever had this type of look? I haven't ever had that look, ever. Um, Aaron can tell you that. Um, But... I mean, because I always listen to what she tells me, right? As soon as she tells it to me, I'm on it. <clears throat> but I want us to think about this. These, just these three things, and I want to talk about some more. But you think about what 1 Peter 5.8 says. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour Think about that. Think about what Satan is trying to do to us. In every situation, in everything that we do, he's waiting and watching and he's ready to attack, right? That's a dangerous place to live in if we're not prepared. I mean, look at that line. Todd loves lines, so he probably really appreciates this. But look at that thing. I mean, he could could just handle me and eat me up quick, but I can be prepared for him. As soon as he comes up, if I have a weapon, I can handle him, right? I can do the things that I need to do to take care of this uh, lion if he tries to attack me. And so tonight I want to talk about this toxin called pride. And I'm, you know, uh, a part of me is starting to get real scientific also in this lesson. So kind of bear with me. This will be their only and I don't really know nothing about this. I'm just trying to act like I'm a scientist, all right? So just kind of hang with me on this. Uh, but a toxin, I want you to think about this. It's an antigenic poison or venom of a plant or animal origin, especially one produced or by or derived from microorganisms and causing disease when present At low concentration in the body. It don't take much. Snake bite. Copperhead. Even a wasp. Just a little bit of that stuff in you, what happens? If you're allergic to wasps, you know what happens. You start to swell up, right? I want us to think about that in spiritual terms. Just a little bit of this fear, just a little bit of anger that starts getting in and you not handling it will cause you to start falling off your spiritual walk. Just like pride. Now, pride is a two-faced emotion. On one hand, it can be noble and good, right? And on the other hand, it can be selfish and mean. Think about that. It all depends on how it's used, right? So how do we show our pride in a good way? Think about it. You show your pride in how you work, I hope, right? The way you do your job, the way you do things, you take pride in it, right? You take pride in your accomplishments, the things that you've done. I'm I'm, I'm happy to say that Uh, I go to school and I'll be really proud of myself and take pride in the fact that I accomplished finishing that uh, schooling, right? How we look or how we dress. Do we take pride in how we look or we dress? Yeah, sure. I don't want to look like a bum when I stand up here. Now, is that the point? No, but I want to look presentable because I take pride in it. That we're Americans, right? I'm proud to be an American. I'm proud to have been born in this country. I'm proud to have lived here my whole life and been able to have the things that I've had. You know, I've never uh, had to worry about being, like I said earlier, persecuted or locked up for something that I believed. I've always had the freedom to do like we all are able to do in America. We're proud that we're Christians, right? Every single one of us would say amen to being proud to be a Christian, right? And we're proud of doing what is right. You know, I take pride in the fact that I can do the right thing and not do the right thing, right? And, and we could talk about many more. Uh, the problem is uh, we don't just stop there, though. You know, what begins to be good, this prideful attitude and this pride that we have, sometimes it begins to consume us. It begins to, uh, as the quote says, make us become selfish and mean. Pride, if not handled the right way, makes you become self-righteous. Because it changes who we are. Why is this something that we need to address in our lives? Yes, we should be proud of our accomplishments. Yes, we should be proud that we are American. But when it becomes something that overtakes us to the point we start to judge our accomplishments or begin to think we're better than others and they just don't measure up to us on any level, our pride has become a danger. And our walks as Christians. And uh, what has happened is our Christianity has now started to become toxic. And we don't have time for anybody else. And it shows in our actions. Now, our pride has turned us from the good. And we've become this type of pride. Arrogance. Haughtiness. Being rude, conceited, pomp, presumptuous, and having a boasting type attitude. Think about those things. Those are some terrible things. And, and you think about people that you know that are this type of individual. You don't want to be around them, do you? Look at what God's word says in Proverbs eight thirteen. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. God can't stand pride. He can't stand arrogance. He can't stand the evil way. Why? Because He can't do sin. He can't do evil. That's just not who He is. But there's more to it than that. There's more to it than this. Why does the Lord hate pride? Turn with me to Psalms chapter 10. We're going to flip to some scriptures tonight. I want us to just think about this and be encouraged why we have to be aware of pride and not let it consume us. And not let us become arrogant and too good for somebody else. Psalms 10, verses 1 through 4. Why do you stand afar off, O Lord? Why do you hide in times of trouble? The wicked in his pride persecutes the poor. Let them be caught in the plots which they have devised. For the wicked boasts of of his heart's desire. He blesses the greedy and renounces the Lord. Now listen to this verse. The wicked in his proud countenance does not seek God. God is in none of His thoughts. Why does the Lord hate pride? Because it's a hindrance to seeking Him. You begin to not seek Him, and who do you start to seek? Yourself, right? Think about the next thing. Proverbs 13.10 Proverbs 13.10 Why does the Lord hate pride? It brings strife into your life. Not only is this pride now beginning to cause a hindrance between you seeking uh, the Lord uh, in your thoughts, and your actions, it also brings strife to your life. Look at what it says. By pride comes nothing but strife. And listen to the flip side of that verse. But with the well-advised is wisdom, the well-advised. So what does that mean? Somebody who's prideful ain't listening to nobody else. They ain't taking into consideration anything that anybody else is telling them, whether it's good advice or not, because they've already made their mind up that they know exactly the right thing, right? Think about this. It separates us from God. Proverbs 16, 5. It says the Lord hates pride because it's a hindrance to seeking Him. It brings strife to your life. It brings situations that are just tough because of your attitude. And now it separates us from God. Look at this verse, 16, 5. Everyone proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though they join forces, none will go unpunished. The proud in heart are an abomination to the Lord. He says, they won't go unpunished. And it really all goes back to the first point. Those who are full of this evil pride... Have no time for the Lord. It's all about them. What kind of attitude have you started to begin uh, in your life? You are a know-it-all. You ever met somebody who's a know-it-all? At one time, maybe I thought I was a know-it-all on the press. You know, somebody would come to me and I'd say, Hey, look, man, that's not how you do it. This is the way you do it. But you know what happened? Uh, We went and I told him that that wasn't the right way to do it. And then we went and we fixed the machine or tried to fix it my way. And guess what happened? It didn't work. We had to do it the way that this guy said it, right, from the beginning. And what ends up happening? My pride got crushed. And that's one of the biggest dangers is when you become this prideful person This arrogant person, what's one of the main fears? Well, I don't want to get found wrong in front of everybody. And so what do you do? You continue to build this arrogant attitude up to protect yourself. Why does God hate that? Because now you're working so hard for your pride instead of seeking His will. It totally isolates you into your own world. God doesn't want you in in your own world. Where does he want you? As close as you can be to him. What does he say? Draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. Pride is a dangerous thing. It is a dangerous game, really. And four, it brings destruction. Just a few verses over in Psalms, I mean in Proverbs 16, 18, and I want to read 19 too. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. That's a great thought. Pride goes before the destruction. But you may not start out that way. But what we have to make sure that we do is we keep our emotions in check. Just like we talked about last week in Corinthians, where he says, bringing every thought into captivity. And we bring those thoughts into captivity. Why? Because we want to make sure whatever our action is going to be, it's going to be according to Christ. According to the obedience of Christ. Pride. What a dangerous, dangerous emotion. So, how do we keep pride from becoming toxic in our lives? How do we keep it from becoming toxic in our lives? Turn with me to Psalms uh, 138, verse 6. Psalms 138, verse 6. And we just kind of alluded to it just uh, in that last verse. How do we keep pride from becoming toxic in our lives? We become humble. How do I even keep? You may not even struggle with pride really. But you want to know how you'll never, ever, ever have to deal with it? Keep yourself humble. Keep yourself lowly. Think about what this says. Psalm 138, 6. Though the Lord is on high, yet he regards the lowly. But the proud he knows from afar. (laughs) Oh, you know it all? Well, I just won't mess with you then, man. Since you know it all, I'm just going to let you do what you do, right? Not because I don't love you, because you're not trying to hear me. But those who are lowly or humble in their heart are what? This is beautiful, y'all. Matthew 5, 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. If I have a spirit that is understanding that I don't know it all, that I don't know everything that I need to know to be successful in life, but I know who does, I'll be blessed because I'm willing to let God lead my life. I'm willing to let God direct my path and guide my steps. And what does that do? It keeps me from this prideful attitude. When we have pride that can't even hear God, we are headed down a path of destruction just as we've looked at. But when we realize that the Lord is looking for those who have a spirit of humility and know that their spiritual growth only comes through Him and His Word, what happens is we close the door on pride. I just shut it out before it even starts. You see how awesome God is You see how awesome God does things? He wants you to not even have to mess with it. And He starts out by saying, I hate pride. I hate it. And I know why. So let me tell you and understand what I tell you for your success. And this is a good one, too. How do we keep pride from becoming toxic in our lives? Remember the example of Satan. Turn with me to Isaiah 14. Isaiah chapter 14. Verse 12. Y'all familiar with Satan, right? That roaring lion. That one that's seeking to devour you. The Lord talks a little bit about him in, in... from the prophets about what happened to him, about what his problem was all about. Isaiah 14, verse 12, listen to this. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground. You who weaken the nations, for you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. And listen to this. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol to the lowest depths of the pit. Now, You're not going to be like the Most High. Not happening, right? But turn with me to Ezekiel uh, chapter 28. You get a little bit more information about Lucifer and about his attitude. Satan thought... He could be like the Most High. Ezekiel uh, is going to talk to the king of Tyre in verse 11. And uh, it says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre. And, and say to him, thus says the Lord God. He's thinking about this king, and guess what? It reminds him of somebody. This king reminds him of somebody. Listen to what he says. You are the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the sardis, topaz, and diamond, The barrel, the onyx and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within, and you sinned. Therefore I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. You defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities. By the iniquity of your trading, therefore, I brought fire from your midst. It devoured you, and I turned you to ashes upon the earth. In the sight of all who saw you, all who knew you among the peoples are astonished at you. You have become a horror and shall be no more forever. Now I want, this, I want to pull this connection in. Turn with me to 1 Timothy 3. What was Satan's problem? What was Satan's situation? What can we learn from Satan. And the way he acted. God says you are the seal of perfection. Full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Now look at this. In the context, Timothy's talking about the qualifications uh, for the elders. And he says in verse 6, he says, uh, let me just kind of back up. Let me read into this actually. Let me start in verse 1. This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome or covetous, one who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? And then he says, not a novice, not somebody who has just obeyed the gospel. And now listen to this. He says, lest being puffed up with pride, he fall into the same condemnation as who? The devil. Wait a minute. Think about what he's saying. Not an early Christian who receives this honor of being an elder and then what is the danger of that? This man who's not understanding, who's not been in the Word as long, may get puffed up. May think, man, look at where I'm at. I'm an elder, right? Same attitude as Satan. You know what? I'm going to ascend above the angels. And not only that, I'm going to ascend above the most high I'm gonna be just like him because I got people that are following me 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 what does pride get you me it gets you the me award I don't care what you say I don't care how you say it God elders uh, Christian brother or sister because guess what I got it all figured out boy that's a dangerous place and look what happened to Satan, Jesus said, "I saw him fall." Right, <laughs> but how do we keep pride from becoming toxic in our lives? The last thing, my favorite thing, look to Jesus for our example. Turn with me to Philippians two, uh, five. Philippians 2, 5. This is a scripture that I got highlighted, I got starred, I got underlined, I got boxed, I got, I can't even hardly read it because it's an encouraging scripture for me. But listen to what Paul says right here Philippians 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even the death of Think about that. What an example, right? But in James uh, chapter 4, verse 10, a well-known verse. Yes, we know that Jesus did something that none of us could do, and because of that, He's highly exalted above everybody else. But guess what the Bible says about us if we humble ourselves? The Bible says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord... And guess what? He will lift you up. He'll put you where he needs you to be. And guess what you do? And while you're doing this, while you're humbling yourself and you're doing what God wants you to do, you close the door on pride. It don't even come near you. And guess what? You keep your Christian walk non-toxic. Here's the challenge for us this week. Philippians 2. Well, I did have it up there. See, I got all the way to the end. Just turn with me. We're gonna look at the announcements now. We're gonna check the. We're glad y'all are here. Okay, we're glad you're here. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Philippians chapter two, verses twelve and thirteen. The Bible says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Brethren, we all have to work out our own salvation. And we have to work it out with fear and trembling. We have to understand the importance of why we do what we do. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for His good pleasure. God wants you to do the right thing. God wants you to act the right way. And here's the deal. He tells us that He hates pride. Don't let pride be uh, something that causes your life to be toxic. Don't get sick spiritually because of pride. Beat it. And beat it by having a humble attitude that's focused on the Lord. Maybe you're here tonight and you need to be saved. Maybe you're uh, dealing with a sin problem. Maybe your sins aren't forgiven. They can be forgiven tonight. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. You can be saved tonight. You can have your sins washed away and be white as snow. But you got to want it. You got to be willing to repent and turn from your old ways. You got to be willing to confess in front of men and say, I'm not ashamed to admit that I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And you got to be willing to not only realize that you have to be saved, but you got to be faithful until death. It's just the beginning. And you start a battle, and Jesus said, If you're faithful to the end, I'll give you a crown of life. We all want to go to heaven, I know I do. And if you're here and you're worried about whether you're going to be able to go to heaven or not, make it right. Just make yourself sure. Make your election sure, and you can do it tonight. Uh, I love y'all, and I appreciate you. Uh, and if you have anything or you need anything, come right now. That's together we stand and sing. At the door.